The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. No, what a narwhal, because those guys don't have feet. One guy on the piano that's hitting the trumpet noise and just going. Boat, fish, land, travel, boom, he's there. Welcome to the Second Rate Saints Podcast. <laughs> You're introducing things. I'm producing now. Whoa! <laughs> wow. I've been replaced. Okay, well, are we putting down ground rules now? Like, is the person who's well, uh, you're in charge producing supposed to say welcome to the second? Well, race I race? am introducing Josh, so I do love your soothing voice entering the podcast. No, but you've got oh, the con- you've got the metaphorical conch now. I do I can have the metaphorical up. conch, which is what we call computers now, I guess. <laughs> Joel, yeah, introduce yourself. Who are you? I'm Joel, and I'm the the producer now of the Second Rate States podcast. Actually, you know what? Caleb's still the producer. I'm <laughs> assistant uh, to the producer. Dis- assistant to the producer. Actually, I'm assistant <laughs> producer. Mm, yeah, I'm yeah, claiming yeah. that title. Yeah, and to my on. left yes. is Caleb. Um, yeah, I used to say that I record things, but not right now. Probably next time we'll probably be alternating. But to my left, uh, I'm Colton. I have never done the recording for any of these. And I know it's a hard job, so Joel, thank you so much for doing it. You're welcome. You do a service to this country. Yeah. And to my left. Um, I'm Joshua. Um, this is my kitchen table. Um, so I feel like I'm bringing the most to this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or a concrete sidewalk. Yeah. Couldn't, but it, couldn't do it without this table. Random homeless people as guests would be so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, no. That would be really cool. I, I like that. Okay, save that for podcast 47. Remind I, I us like to that do idea. that for our 100th episode. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, now we just lock that in. We're, we are going to be doing an interview with Edible Ed. <laughs> That's his name on the street. He's um, constantly moving from. And to my left is uh, Joel again. So yeah. we've gone full circle. But the producing rather than, intern, rather than talking about what have like what one of us have read, um, although we did read something, um, at least I hope so. Together, Josh, you you've done mission trips in Mexico. Yeah, even recently, now. maybe. Yeah, I just came back from one. How like a week uh, ago. how wow. how did that go? What what. What do you do down there? And how, um, how long is it? Yeah, so our church, um, we've been going there for about 30 years now. We send an adult team and a youth team on opposite ends of the year. The adult team goes in October, and the youth team goes in March slash April, whenever spring break is up here in the Great White North. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we've been sending teams for forever. It was like a, a mission statement of one of our pastors was like, we're not going to be a short-term missions church that just goes, puts down a house, and then leaves. Never to come back. That's, never going to come, come back. back. That's for the best. Yeah. Continually put and, into the community. Yeah. I love and they it. said, we're, we're going to one, and we're sticking with that to the end of time. Good. So I like it. Yeah. Actual and, work. Yeah. <laughs> and they chose Tijuana. So, okay. Which is a... 
wild place if you know what Tijuana is. Yeah. One of my favorite things about Tijuana is there's a like a Pixar animated movie called The Book of Life. Um, it's like a Mexican movie. It came out before Coco. Um, I don't know either of these movies. But yes, okay. no, I, I do yeah. know this movie. Yeah. yeah, so it came out before it. And there's a scene where the... So the plot of the movie is a guy's like crush. His, the love of his life dies. And he needs... So he wants to go to the afterlife to bring her back. And ask um, um, Lady Death. I forget what it is in Spanish. Um, to bring her back. But he has to go there to do it, so he dies, mm-hmm. and then tries to bring her back. And they are going. They meet this like guy who lives in this place where there's all these waterfalls, which are portals to like the other domains and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they're like, they just like the whole group just rushes towards a waterfall, and they're trying to get to hell, right? And what? Yeah, yeah, where she is it's because that's the water. afterlife. No, and oh. the guy says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! You don't want to just rush in any of these portals. You might end up in Tijuana, and their goal is hell." That's funny. Fair enough. <laughs> so Tijuana is canonically worse than hell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh by God. Disney. <laughs> by, oh, by animators. And Mexico. Okay. Like, the rest of Mexico <laughs> hates Tijuana. So what do... What are some of the things that the missions that you that your church supports there? So... Uh, like a church, obviously, probably. Yeah. So there um, is a church that we've been supporting for the last 11 years. There's been other churches we've supported, but it's usually a whole community. Yep. Um... Currently, it is a pastor named Abelino in East Tijuana. Uh, him and his wife, three kids, three sons, twin daughters. I think one more daughter. I forget. Um, their whole life has been a miracle and a blessing from God. Blessing after blessing after blessing. Not in like the traditional way that we would think of where like, oh, they're living in a mansion and they've got tons right. of money. But like... More in the Pauline way. Yeah. <laughs> where they're living in destitution, but... Every moment of their life is just another act of God shown in their lives for other people. And so, like, for example, the, the, when she was pregnant with the two twin daughters, she was told by multiple doctors across Mexico that she was going to die. Mm-hmm. Her and the two kids. Right. Uh, and so you need to abort the kids. Um, and she said no. And the family said no. And the community said no. And... She went, and the doctor's like, hey, like, like I've, no, no case of this has ever worked out. Hmm. You're, this is not going to happen. Lo and behold, she's alive today. Their kids are like seven years old, and that doctor's now a Christian. That's wow. cool. <laughs> so, because he birthed the kids, and he's like, this shouldn't be happening. Right. Like, what, what's happening? That's so cool. Um, the, he's been, there's a bunch of culty stuff that happens on the hills near East Tijuana there, and like... Um, sacrificing people on mount on high really? places like yeah, yeah oh my gosh the Aztecs are back <laughs> yeah um, where's my wooden spoon <clears throat> yeah <laughs> um, and he he's been harassed by them and by the people in the community to be like hey you need to stop doing what you're doing because we hate it and he's like yeah but you know I want to stop the drugs from taking our children so I'm going to build this soccer field where they can spend their time mm-hmm. um, and I've seen it in a vision, so it's going to happen. And then our church comes by that summer and builds it. Hmm. Um, and then he... That's pretty awesome. The, all the darkness and the drugs in that area just disappears. And then he gets told by God he's going to build a soup kitchen in this other area that's drug-infested and crime-filled. Yeah. Yeah. He builds that. 
People donate the land to him. He gets another missions team from another area in the United States. They build it over a period of two years, and they're now feeding the entire community because no one has food. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so, like, that's what it is, just blessing after blessing. What's, what is it like going back, seeing so, like, mm-hmm. you go there one year or such and such a year, right? Yeah. You go there. You do this thing. You know, you understand that it has a potential for the kingdom of God to work through it. And the oh, impact. yeah. And then you go back later and you see that potential actualized. What does that do then for the trip that you're on now where you're doing this new thing? Yeah. And then looking forward as you actually see God's kingdom redeem people. Well, it's it's crazy. Um, it What it does is it makes every Bible story seem like it can actually happen. Hmm. Because so many times when we read Old Testament Bible stories, we're like, wow, that's crazy. Axes right. don't float. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, wow, like, party of the Red Sea, this community just gets yeah. devastated and God rebuilds it in 14 days, whatever. These like, insane miracles. These insane miracles. And then you go down there and you see it. Right. And you're just like, oh, yeah. this, this just happened. This is crazy. Bit of a wake-up call, too. Yeah, because suddenly you realize that you're in a world with a God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's there's a couple of ways that can go, right? Because I've also heard of mission strip being the reasons why people leave the faith as well. Okay. That they've never truly confronted this this kind of poverty mm-hmm. that you're talking about, and they go there and they don't see God. They see poverty and they see mm-hmm. the problem of suffering in a real sense, not just your modern Western like can't pay the rent kind of suffering, but like yeah, like yeah. me, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like college I think kid. like all of us, Josh. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here's the thing, though. I had enough money to feed myself last night. Mm. I'm doing pretty good. That's awesome. Wow. That being said, you. your comment, actually, Joel, gets into our topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, actually, you're the only person that has read this book, and I feel a little bad it being the subject. Oh, okay. But um, there's a book, well, actually, you can. Yeah, it's called Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. It's a good, like, um, one of those Christian books that you read because... You're like, well, I haven't read a Christian book in a while, and I need to like reread everything, <laughs> like keep all the ideas fresh in my head. Yeah. It's yeah, confronting Christianity: twelve hard questions for the world's largest religion. Yeah, it's like twelve standard questions that like you hear in like debates and yeah, like mm-hmm. problem of evil, like Joel was mentioning. Yeah, mm-hmm. problem of evil. Also, did uh, did putting water on it make you think it was going to grow a bigger book, or <laughs> is it just water damage? <laughs> that's some wicked that's, water, that's damage. water damage. That's water damage because it was in my car. And it was really moist in my car. Wow, it must have been really moist That's in your some car. Sweaty book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, we live in <laughs> a very wet place on this planet. Um, so yeah, so like some of the chapters are like, aren't we better off without religion? Does Christianity crush diversity? Does religion hinder morality? How can you take the Bible literally? Doesn't science disprove Christianity? Isn't Christianity homophobic? Um, and generally the answer is absolutely not. Here's 20 pages. Why? Or in a very basic introductory. Yeah. It's anybody can read it kind of sense. Yeah. It's, it's a good way where like, if you were to read this, then mere Christianity. Great. It's like a a double. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was because like sometimes mere Christianity just for certain people Mm. just doesn't click. I love that book. We yeah. all love that book. Yeah. We spend multiple podcasts talking about this book. I think we brought it up every project yeah, podcast. We, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, every single we've time. Hit, we've hit 
the C.S. Lewis reference time. What's what's our time? Our time is uh, twelve minutes. Wait, that what? That's not accurate. It's twelve <laughs> minutes for us. It's <laughs> twelve <laughs> minutes for us in real time. Yeah. Um. And so it's like, <laughs> whereas take very long this time. <laughs> um. And it's not. It's just like his particular writing style is, um, particular to certain people. So, yeah. Um, well, no, C.S. Lewis. Lewis. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, but, um, but if like what's really good about her book is her book is really open to like anybody reading it because it's it well, just ants asks simple questions and answers yeah. simply. What was the name of the book again? Confronting Christianity. Okay. Twelve hard questions for the world's largest religion by Facts. Rebecca McLaughlin. McLaughlin. See, yeah, it's that's, that's how you Irish pronounce name. it. Yeah. I want to say McLaughlin. Yes. <laughs> But um, that's that's the British in you coming. Got out. the whole squad, McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's good. One of the coolest things, like back to the mission strip stuff, is like he. We're next year. We're probably building um three mini homes for like single families, so that while they're working, their kids can get fed at the soup kitchen. That's and awesome. Then, there's a hill where a bunch of the sacrifices and stuff are happening mm-hmm. that he's going to be like taking over and buying. And then we're going to build a church on top of it and call that it is Church awesome. on the Rocks. That is awesome. <laughs> church <laughs> on the Rocks? Yeah. That's such a cool name. <laughs> um, and on, the, on this rock, I'll build my church. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just going to be St. Peter's Church? Yeah. Yes. And it's going to be like, his whole thing is like, we did church outside and they Mexico does things loud for church. So like, but like we did it outside this mm, year yeah, yeah. for this community festival, and they just turned the volume to like twelve, and so like, and they're in a valley, so everybody could hear us worshiping. Right. And he wants to do that every day on the hill, you so that just can't hide from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By nature of him being God. Did you guys grow up with open air services? Was that a thing for you? Because that sounds for Easter sometimes. For Easter. I... Hmm. Sometimes. No. You'd have an Easter no. morning service. You'd get it'd be a sunrise service. So you'd go up. It'd be like not six o'clock in the morning. Everybody would show up and everybody's half asleep. And then the pastor would be like, Jesus rose. And it was a really good time. And it was awesome. Mm. Dude, we set up the drums on the government wharf and we had at it. <laughs> like, it was right in the middle of town. Like, like, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Was Africa able to hear it on the other yeah, side of the Atlantic? We <laughs> yeah, we were trying to minister to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was good. It was loud because we were kind of like not exactly. I'm just going to airdrop Christianity yeah. to you. Oh my god! Go. <laughs> People in planes are going to hear this. Okay, so we do have this problem though of Westerners going on missions trips, seeing true suffering. Yeah, and really not being able to come to terms with it. Why do you think that is? Um, do you think it's that I, we're coddled over here, or is it extremely bad and we just don't want to think about it? What's um, I think it's a bit of the shock. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We do a lot of work on, like, every night we have, like, a debrief. And, like, mm-hmm. we do this thing where we come back to the base, we eat dinner or whatever, and then the base we stay at, which is also a missionary group that we work with that works down there. And there's people from our church that now live in Tijuana mm-hmm. that run bases and stuff like that for missionaries. And yeah. so we stay at one of them. And when we're there after dinner, after we, like, rest for a bit, we meet up and we do a debrief where we talk about, like, hey, so, like, Let's recap what happened today. Um, highs or lows is one of the things we do. So, like, what were some mm-hmm. of the highs of the day? What mm-hmm. were some of the lows? And yeah. we just allow them to talk as much as they want. And then we do another one where it's, like, shout-outs. 
did you to encourage each other like hey did mm-hmm. you see somebody do something that was really good right um and then we talk about like what didn't work what sh- what did work like things that we can improve on for next trips and stuff like that and well i think i think a great example of what joel is talking about mm-hmm. like like that's a great idea of at the moment keeping people yeah. grounded dealing with it yeah. which is which needs to happen in the moment yeah. um but there's also so like uh there was one during the rise of Billy Graham, mm-hmm. there was a evangelist called uh, Charles Templeton, who, um, you know, kind of, kind of almost the same level when they were rising. And this is when Billy Graham, before he got really, really big. Right. Um, but he saw on the cover of a National Geographic um, a starving African child mm-hmm. um, uh, who was, I think they were just in line for water. Mm-hmm. Um, and behind the child was just a vulture watching. And so that was that was the image of mm-hmm. National Geographic, and there's a whole thing, but his whole thing was, I, that image cemented so many of his doubts into what he accepted as, well, clearly God just allows suffering because meh, or he doesn't care, or mm-hmm. no, or or he doesn't exist, and he sided obviously with the don't exist, and that's where he ended up going, um, and I think that that kind of gets more into what you're talking about because he had gone to Africa a couple times this guy and, and done yeah. his thing right um, but he and he knew that that happened and he'd been with those people but he hadn't seen that in person yeah. because he was in the cities and this thing right mm-hmm. during the events but for whatever reason it was I think for him it was you know he had met people that were in close proximity to that situation but when he finally saw that situation mm-hmm. then it, everything was like oh those people that I met actually live in those situations I just dropped in said some stuff and left and i'm supposed to be everything's supposed to be fine mm-hmm. yeah um, um yeah so one of the things in mexico that they do a lot Mex- christians down there in mexico is they share testimonies all the time we walked into <clears throat> and there's a pattern it's the same pattern and i think it's the answer to this mm-hmm. and it's something beautiful that i've noticed and I've really like hammered into like the youth when we go down there is we walk, for example, I want to give you a couple examples of the testimonies to like show you. Um, we went into a men's home, a uh, halfway house for prisoners, druggies, um, right. ex cons, stuff like that. Um, Ministry run halfway house. Yeah. Okay. Um, a woman from our church went down there, started working with a church, did ministry down there for a few years and then married a guy who himself was in a halfway house for men, a Christian one, and then became passionate about it and started one by himself. And mm-hmm. they're married now and they run it. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Um, and the whole thing is like, you can leave if you want. Like you're not being held there. Right. Um, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be. Right. But if you're here, then you've got to partake in what's happening. Um, and we get there and we bring like 16 year old, 17 year old boys, right? with us to do ministry because yep. we're going to like eat with them share testimonies and stuff like that and this like 35 year old guy comes up to us and he's like hey it's so nice to see you here's a picture of me when i was 20 and on drugs this is what look at me now i'm healthy all because of the lord and i was going through hard time mm. and um and i was running from the lord and i was going into the dark direction the wide path um and then you know the lord really placed it on my heart that I needed to be better and I could turn around and I could like uh, um, make changes in my life and be a better 
family member and be a better father. Um, and you know, this guy, Uriel, who runs this home, he found me. And so I was like, Hey, this is a, God's obviously put this guy in my part, in my heart. I'm going to do everything I can. Um, another guy, he's 23, he's younger than I am. And he was just like, Whoa, like you guys want to come down here and hang out with us. Right. And, and these youth are like terrified of him. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And because, you know, in the wet, like in wealthier areas, we look down on these people. Um, and they were like, wow, you guys want to like hang out with us? And they were like, yeah. And he's like, whoa, like, you know, I was getting out of like middle school. I was a druggie and I, I accidentally killed a guy and I went to prison for a while, but then I got deported. And, but then, you know, I was praying one day and I heard God and or the, the guy who runs this house showed up and he was like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to get out of this, this life? And he was like, yeah, now he's been here for three years. And right. Um, this other woman, um, she's 17. She has a kid. She has postpartum depression. She was the happiest person we knew like three years ago when she was, she was still in the church. She still is. She's fine. She's doing good. Um, she witnessed her dad get shot in the neck um, while a guy was trying to rob their house. Oh my and he drove himself to the hospital. Holy crap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did that, did oh he make it? Goodness. Yeah. Okay. Jeez and he Louise. was there when we were on the trip. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Right? And she's like, and I prayed to God that, you know, that he wouldn't, he would help me not feel so alone and that, um, and that he would save my dad um, and that I would, uh, like, I just, I just needed my dad, um, and he's alive now, and I'm still sad, but I'm glad that the, the teams keep coming and helping out our community, and I'm, I'm able to go to church, and I have people around me, and it's, every testimony's like that. Right. Why do you think it is, oh, man, we're, we're going so off base, but this, it, I like this conversation. <laughs> it's, it's coming, the kind yeah. of, yeah. natural progression, yeah. Yeah. Why do you think it is that? In the Western context, and maybe this is just North America, why do you think it is that it's so hard for us to share testimony? Because, um, like, I was trying to think of this, because you and I talked about yeah. this a while ago, um, and you made an offhand comment, like, it's mm. just something we don't do. And I was trying to think about, yeah. why don't I share my testimony more? And um, I, I, I think it's because I've thought about this a bit, and I'll wrap back to it, but I don't think the apocalypse, when God... When Jesus says okay. that, <laughs> okay. I know, I know. When Jesus huh. said that people would fall away from Christ because they would grow cold to the gospel, I don't think that's because of pain. I think that's because of pleasure. Um, and I think that when you live a life of opulence while sinful, when you experience pain or discomfort or shame, its its nail is three times wider. Its its hit is so much more painful mm-hmm. yeah. because we're so used to how right. good it is. And our responses are always going to be awful to it because we're sinful. And so when we live in such good places like Canada or the U.S. and we have all the food we need, all the literally anything that people have been praying to God for, for the entirety of history, we have. Dude, like 80 years ago, it's still that case. (laughs) I know. know. Um, And it's and we have that. And then we see pain and we go, how could how could a God let this happen? But the. But for the people who have been living in that their entire lives, they only see God. Like, like I, I agree. Yeah. Now, and 
And do you th- how yeah. does that tie into why we don't share? Th- this isn't I a whole, entirely new idea. I'm just I'm, no, I know because like even Justin yeah. Martyr in, in like mm-hmm. the early church, and you also have like World War One, and you have like it pops, it rears its yeah. head. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's it was always a cognitive argument. Mm-hmm. Now it's an emotional argument. For, yes, for the problem of pain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it's because um like for them like why is this? Sorry, say your question again. Uh, how is what you're saying about yeah. like? All oh, that connects um, to, yeah. Uh, because we're so used to having a good life and having pleasure that admitting to somebody else the horrible things we've done in our testimonies, because that's obviously where it goes with yeah. testimonies. I've done something horrible or I've experienced a hard life and God's pulled me out of that or hmm. corrected my ways. Um, that because we're so averse to pain, because we've become so good at avoiding it, Everything in life in the West has become about staying as far away from pain and suffering. Right. Which is good. That's what humans do. That's what creatures do. But because we become so good at it, that to purposely dip our foot back to into it. Kierkegaard. Yeah. Purposely make things harder. Would be <laughs> so averse to our minds. Whereas if you're in it every day, it's just like, oh, that's it's everyday life. Sure. Whereas if you're living in opulence, you see that dark pit so strongly, and it's, we're so averse to it. That's interesting. I've, I've never thought and about that. And a lot of that. shame. Yeah, I, I've never thought about it like that. I think if, if I were to answer, that's interesting, but yeah. I think part of it also is our society. Like you were saying, we're living in opulence, but that's even just as Christianity. Uh, I think that us as a culture, mm. uh, there's something about being polite that's not sharing yourself with someone else. Like Okay keeping yourself like very separate very individual at least more modernly so telling someone about yourself feels like a breach of like boundaries Mm -hmm. i think in society Mm -hmm. so that might contribute to it as well i think it definitely would um yeah well okay there's something that i thought was not necessarily character flaw but the more and more and more Mm -hmm. i thought about it the more i've realized oh this is definitely a character flaw in you caleb (laughs) um (laughs) is People will tell me a story. People want to tell me a story about themselves or a story yeah. about something. And for the most part, unless I have an emotional connection with them, I don't care. Yeah. I super don't care. You I'm want like, to care, though. No, not until, <laughs> not until recently. Right. Not until okay. I was like, oh, this is actually a problem. Because if they could say, like, you know, if they're telling me a story and if I could abstract, like, go abstract with it, then I could care about it in the reverse way, right? Because it's like, oh, I care about the general idea of you know, father-son relationship or whatever. But I don't care about you, the person. Which yeah. is Oof. what I realize is bad. So the well, reason is Caleb? Well, also... <laughs> so I realized that for me, one of the reasons why I didn't share my testimony for the longest time, and I still don't, I don't think, yeah. is I also assume... Because, like, you're Joel... Not Joel impact, you're not impacted by other people's stories? That's the thing, but that's a problem with me in me too. But Joel, I think he can confirm that every now and then I'll be talking about something in my past, and you'll just be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to be around Caleb for a long time to actually figure out what's going on. It's very true. Well, because that, or get in a long car ride with him and bring out some sad music. Then he just opens up like a waterfall, <laughs> <laughs> like boiling a clam. <laughs> okay, but for, <laughs> but for whatever reason, it's a very weird reference. I. To nothing. Not if you're from the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> we were on a wharf. I already covered this. <laughs> but for whatever reason, um, 
I assume that other people also have this opinion where it's just like, yeah, you're an individual unless I'm emotionally invested in you. I don't really care about your experiences because there's eight, seven, almost eight billion people on this planet that I could hear roughly the same story from over and over and over. But that's super not good. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so... Hi, it's Caleb. Um, I'm a horrible well, we human being. we can't leave Caleb here. What does that mean for people? Um, is it because we're too individualistic? Well, I, my, my, prop- yeah. my, my proposition is that am I the only person that feels that way no. or do the majority of Westerners well, feel that way? I think way? this... That, that's, that was what I was this, trying to say. I think this could be a mix of what um, Colton and I are saying, which is like, there's a you don't share about yourself, but also the we live in such great times here, mm-hmm. the wealthy, um, that... When we all know that we're actually going through hard stuff, but because we see so everybody else is going through good stuff, like in life, that is how we perceive it. We perceive that everybody's having a great time, that we don't, that we're like, oh, I'm having a bad time. I need to make sure people think that I'm having a good time subconsciously, kind of like what we do with social media, doctor images, make sure my life is good, stuff like that. So people like me and higher social status. Do you think part of that? comes from the idea that we switched from being to bring up mm-hmm. peterson a little bit from an honor culture to a prestige culture that we want to look as good in front of people as possible so that we have the most quote-unquote prestige and yeah. if we if we start being open about ourselves talking about flaws you're going to lose prestige with people or at least certain people do you mean moving from a guilt culture to a shame culture no i mean that because uh, in an honor culture there are different things that yeah that make you lose status and gain yeah. status yeah but in in the west we since we moved towards more things like prestige that we yeah. uh are it's our achievements that make us higher status it's making money who yeah. you who you you are stuff like that yeah um and because of that opening up to people talking about your own failures is a way to lose prestige in yeah. that way yeah at least could you be perceive it to be i think there's another big thing is like what what we're seeing right now is we're talking about us their testimonies right. are always talking about god yeah. and what he's done in their life sure. that's fair not what they did though that's a part of it it's always look at look at how god changed look how god worked in my life and that's the point of testimonies is that's how they share god to people yeah mm-hmm. is they um it's also like the uh paul's idea of the church as one body is when when the leg is hurt the whole body feels the pain is is they are constantly sharing their testimonies because in that way they can together rejoice in the work of god in their lives mm-hmm. and then also share in each other's sufferings yeah um and so it acts as a way because mexico is such a strong like community mm-hmm. basis to their culture yeah um, that it's everybody knows each other's pains, the struggles they go through, and they're all helping each other, and they're all rejoicing together. Like, when they do worship, it doesn't sound great at all because <laughs> there's just one guy on the piano that's hitting the trumpet noise and just going, max to a thousand. You can't hear the guitar. I like that he only has to hit one key. There's many more. just the one. Yeah, but it's always like that, like, the the bad like um loud keyboard setting and then it's just like and it's just great um because you're just singing your heart out and it's not a good noise but it's a joyful noise and that's what the lord called us to sing (laughs) yeah fair enough so 
Colton and I have also been on short-term missions trip stuff, yep. and we kind of took the testimony thing as like a, a debriefing thing. So, like you said, you, you debrief at the end of every day, yeah, or whatever. And we, we also do at the end of the trip. Zones. Yeah, oh yeah, we, we did too. At the end of oh. the trip. Another thing is after we're done all that, then we sing, then we do chapel, then we do like sure. small group stuff. Cool. So yeah, um, yeah. and we found that was uh, a huge part again of sharing the the suffering of the day right yeah. if it was a particularly bad day then we we got to talk about it yep work through it I, together yeah for sure and that's that's helped when i've led you know church groups aside from that right but you're right when you say it's not like a, a normal thing for us to do in our own christian culture is to bring up exactly what's wrong well we'll bring up what's wrong currently but we won't bring up what god has brought us through does that make sense yeah because because i don't think I, I don't necessarily disagree with the examples that Josh and Colton were giving, mm-hmm. um, but I don't... There's uh, obviously something else. Yeah, I, well, my whole thing was, are we... The reason why I brought up like, the weird thought that I had, mm-hmm. um, are we so individualistic that we don't care about other people's stories? Is that... Guaranteed. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't mean that in a, like like... Like uh, obviously it's right, Caleb. Obviously it's right, Caleb. But I mean, like I absolutely. <laughs> let me stop you there. I absolutely agree. <laughs> um, and I think that's that's sometimes when the individualistic culture of the West rears its ugly head. Um, but um, I think for the most part, individualism is also why the West has money. Oh yeah, <laughs> I yes. think it, I'm just gonna stop you there. I completely agree. Like we, um, we sacrificed a lot in to uh, work towards the kind of society we have today. Mm-hmm. I think some of the things we let go of way too quickly. So with the Enlightenment specifically, I keep bringing up the Enlightenment, but it's very it revolutionized the world. Um, yeah, Western culture becoming this individualistic, capitalistic uh, kind of society did move away from this communal aspect a lot more. And in yeah. doing so, we lost things like like sharing lives with each other. Here's the thing. Only, I, I think you, I, are, you are with someone, but you're not like part of their quote-unquote family. You're, they're not as close to you as you would like. But I, I think... The, as the, I would like, I should say. The, sure, as like a culture, I absolutely agree. But it, the church has been doing a... Churches have been doing a good job throughout this period of time in the West in making sure that the community aspect stays yeah. strong. In comparative to culture as a whole, yes. Yeah. In comparative to how good of a job it could be. Yeah, but that, yeah. Well, I, I think that that's kind of why I, I brought up the prestige I, stuff. I don't want to be bogged down in history. Um, but it is worth pointing out that I think the individualism that we have today has roots in it's in the enlightenment but it has never it has not always been this individualistic yeah from the enlightenment yeah. onward even even like you go 100 years and families were still super closely yeah. knit yeah um, single parenthood is on the rise yeah yeah and so it's year. not just like yeah enlightenment boom right. of individualism yeah, yeah, yeah. um we're just this is the it was the point at which we realized that individualism was taking effect yeah and to the greatest extent that it has yeah um I think it's a compounding force of a lot of factors. Sure, of course. That's why it's so. That's why we're well, arguing all of history over it. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 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 it's important to point out that that type of individualism didn't start. Yeah, it's not the fault of the of the Enlightenment just directly. 
I mean, no, might that, be that, long that term. type of individualism, that detrimental yeah. type of, in, it didn't start exactly at the yeah you know, yeah. It started more more so in the last hundred years. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. um yeah. Um. And the the community culture the the community of Mexico specifically surrounding the churches is wild. Um, the leader for our Mexico missions trip um, lived down there like 11 years ago uh, when he was like 18, uh, built that pastor's house. Hmm. Um, my first year we built the, we did the drywall and the insulation for the church. The next year we painted it. Hmm. Um, the, then the year after that, a bunch of our team built the second floor to their house because they had more kids. Um, we built a soccer field that was on a hill, so we evened out the land and stuff like that. Um, this year, we started the construction of a bathroom um, for the soup kitchen. Nice. Um, and now it's like, like I've I've had talks about those people. I've talked with them like I do at family dinners, like. Like their their family mm-hmm. at this point, and like it's so like how they deal with us. the The leader brought his kid with him, who's like one and a half. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife were like the major leaders, and the Abolino and his wife and the other woman there, and that like run in and stuff like that. They were like uh, our grandkid. We finally get to meet him, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right? Brandon's been a part of their life so much. Ah, and um, and it's just it's beautiful the way that. Like everybody is just community is so important because that specifically God through community is how they answer that problem of pain. Um, okay. Yeah. Because um, they, they see the pain and it wears them down, but oh my gosh, they go through so much. Like I was talking with the one woman who her husband was the one that got shot in the neck. Yep. And I, and I was just, I just wanted to encourage her at a, because I just, it was on my heart. And I was like, hey, like, I'm so, it breaks my heart to see what you guys go through. Like, we've known each other for forever, but it is crazy to me that you guys go through this and you're still here. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I've never seen somebody get shot before. That's like, and she was like, really? Um, and I was like, yeah, the here up in the north, it's not like, yeah, sure, if you're in like some Bum. Surrey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywhere in Surrey. No. Um, oh, okay. Thunder Bay. No. Oh, you're right. Those are the um, most. I'm talking like Fairview, Alberta. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Whitehorse. Like some backwater town on the highway that nobody stays at. Princeton. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just like, like, yeah, sure, maybe, right? Because everybody's drunk all the time, whatever. But like, we just don't see that. And she was like, and I was like, I just want you to know that like, you, it is incredible how strong you are as people. Like, it is so evident how powerful God works through your life. Um, and she started crying. Mm. And it was just like, I was like, God doesn't build people like you very often. <laughs> I was like, you're an incredible human being. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, we hugged and cried for like an hour. It was great. Good. Um, but it, yeah, that's that's what it is. It's just community because like, and she's still running that soup kitchen every day. Wow. Feeding kids. That's wild. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I love this. Yeah. Let's go on to... This Dinosaurs. Is- 
we could. They're in the book of Job. Look it up. Uh, Don't look it up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said. Well, uh, Bible jokes. Look into it. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's also unicorns in the Bible, but that's a whole other story. That's We're going to leave James only. Well, mm, not exactly. So. Oh no. Oh no. Is it a Neva Bible as well? No, it's 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 Septuagint. Anyway, so <laughs> the other the it other is because they mistranslated the word for like a, a type of ox that was in uh, the Sinai plains. I choose to believe. Mm. Yeah, super weird. Narwhal? I choose to believe. No, what a narwhal? Because those guys don't have feet. But they could have. That's a scientific like, like answer. the serpent. <laughs> they could have. <laughs> Are we saying that narwhals were cursed so they don't have feet? Maybe. That's awesome. Anything <laughs> That's that doesn't have feet, cursed. Let's put that one in the intro. I like it. Yes. <laughs> Um, one of the other questions, actually, in the confronting Christianity. So there's like the the question eleven, which is the how long or how could a loving God allow so much suffering? We didn't really give a head-on answer there, but we yeah. did relate it to your to your trip at, into Mexico, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the first the first question is: Aren't we better off without religion? Which is because I've heard that this this argument with even places like Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, many places, um, you can see even in, in Africa and in a lot of mm-hmm. other third world countries where it's like, well, and you could make the argument as some have Christian or not yeah. that, uh, Hey, the Middle East is held back by religion and, yeah. um, we're all better off without it. And mm-hmm. yet those who have it, you know, aren't, is, wouldn't we be better as a society, as a human race when our quality of life go up? It's, it's an interesting question that. I used to wrestle with, but I think it's that my answer, at least the simple answer, is what do you replace it with? Well, I was thinking communism. No. Because that's what. <laughs> well, hang on. Hear me <laughs> out. <laughs> that's another communist. Another so, one for the podcast. So here's the thing. That's what Nietzsche too, said. It's too dumb to object to. <laughs> <laughs> Waste your brain cells fighting me. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no. no, but no, but here's the thing. I want to hear his argument because the poorer I get, the more I like socialism. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. No. <laughs> I won't hear Religion you is the opiate of the masses. Yeah, oh, thanks, yeah. Marx. Is this, the, is this whatever flows your quote? <laughs> no, but it could be. <laughs> yes. No, it's where the loss get profound. Oh, you call it Marx? No, no, I don't know if I... The loss get more lost. <laughs> However, I do have a loss get profound quote for the, you. Okay, the, good. Oh. But the big, the big issue with get just getting rid of religion is that what do you base a society off of? What values, what... Yep. What cultural identity do you well, base off of? This Religion's is, very easy to do. This is the whole. This is Nietzsche's whole big point, and the whole "God is dead" and Zeus yeah. speaks Zarathustra. If I'm pronouncing that right, Zarathustra. Yeah, that's um, a fun word. Which you were carrying that around in chapel once, eh? Yeah, I forgot it was in my pocket, and I walked into chapel that's with funny. the spoke uh, Zarathustra. Um, I spent a whole day while I was fishing trying to pronounce the name. <laughs> But Anyways, yeah, that's a sign. You were yeah, fishing to, for a name? To, I was. To Colton's point, that is his whole thing. It's just like, yeah. you know, now that God has been removed as the underpinning of society, what do we do? And his whole prediction, and a little bit, uh, and Dostoevsky's in, in his book Demons, or sometimes called The Possessed, that is their whole argument, is like, when you remove the underpinning of society, what's left? Because yeah. you have to come up with something. You either come up with uh, Nietzsche's Ubermensch, or you, as the Dostoevskian the theory, is the idea that you're going to buy into some sort of uh, societal reconstruction that's going to end up with millions of people dead. And uh, both were right. Yeah. Are you saying Dostoevsky or Solzhenitsyn? Not Solzhenitsyn. Dostoevsky, Demons, okay. or The Possessed. Okay. Cool. Solzhenitsyn retroactively, basically. Okay, something yeah. very similar. Yeah. 
Well, right now, ever since like the 70s, the 50s, I don't know, it's hard to say, but uh, with the advent of secularism, we have kind of the phantom of British Protestantism. Um, hard work, all the different values that we hold come, come in America and Canada and all those places come from that as the underpinning cultural values. But we don't have anything to base. We don't have anything that actually unifies us. So all it's going to do is slowly splinter and fall apart. Well, I mean, that's what Protestantism does by itself. That's, that's true. Joke. Oh, <laughs> that's what people do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's obviously the answer is people are complex, but we're not going to stop there. Why would we stop there? <laughs> we yeah. could always, we could do the intro, go share our names and go, it's complicated. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's the answer to literally, literally everything. Yeah. That and Jesus. Well, I don't think it's the answer. I think it's the start of the conversation. It's complicated. We're going to be here for 4 billion years that's talking just, about it. Yeah. yeah. That's just the start. <laughs> no, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Oh, maybe. You can't prove me wrong. You're right. Because tomorrow is... And I wish. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, Actually, I don't know. Because the, it's terrifying. One of the interesting things, going back to the question of are we better yep. off with yeah, our religion, yeah. one of the interesting uh, sociological um, studies, I, th I thought it was Pew Research who's done this. I'm I forget sure. the exact... Chances are. Man, if we had a Jamie, we could just pull it up in like we three seconds. We need a Jamie. Um, now they all know we watched Joe Rogan. Yeah, They knew that from the start. <laughs> <laughs> um... There's a study about like quality of life, yeah. And regardless of what religion you're actually part of, um, religious people tend to yep. at least claim to be more satisfied and have a health and not healthier, have a be more fulfilled um, in their like fifties, sixties, mm. and seventies. Um, having kids does as well. Like it's not just like any like religion has a cornerstone on that. Um, but yeah, religion helps. Yeah, um, quality of life and building off that idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, people like to point out very specific bad things about specific religions. Galileo. Well, even even Christianity has its problems it's here and there, especially in history. Mm. But um, we they also tend to conveniently leave out all the good things. Like mm. uh, Christians are the give the most uh, to charity of anyone. Yeah, like worldwide, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless you count Muslims who have to do it. No, it's uh, um, it's the billionaires. <laughs> oh, but look, well, yeah. individual. We yeah, percentage individually. of income. But, percentage yeah. of income. But even, yeah. like, yeah, Christians... Because I, the, the, what is it, they did the math, like, there are four billionaires in the world that have given more money than everyone else combined for the last 100 years. I wouldn't doubt That's it. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, like, like, when we talk about how, like, billionaires are bad, like, yeah, sure, they've done horrible things, but, like, if we just took the charity thing, they're doing better than all of us combined. And that's just a select few of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then you spread it to billions of people who worship Christianity, or yeah. even the, the quite the billion-something people that worship Islam. And both of these people give a lot of money to charity, try to help people. Yep. Um, even churches themselves, I've heard the argument like, why are we giving tax breaks to churches? Uh, the answer is because they actually give more to the community than most other places. Mm -hmm. I, do, I do find it Food super banks, funny. Food banks, running certain air, like uh, mm -hmm. help missions things with homeless, stuff like that. It's just, yeah. I do find it very amusing when people are going to be like, ah, the churches, they're like, do all this horrible stuff. Mm. It's like, yeah, but have you ever delivered for the food bank, do yeah, you, do you exactly. do these things? Yeah. yeah. Um, not that I am actively doing that right now, but I 
I should. I used to. No, but you're doing it with your time. And time is more than money. But time is more than money. Yeah. Right. Part, part of the problem worth also... More. <laughs> worth more, yeah. <laughs> Maybe your time. <laughs> I, I think part of the problem also comes from the fact that I think many Christians who even go to their churches don't even know they have a, a food bank that they could give food to or they could help deliver with. Yeah, for, for some. For um, some. So, so those are like the sociological, not just sociological, but like those reasons. What about... Because like, there'll be people that point to, well, what about like, you know, Islam and and, yeah. and even like religion has held us back scientifically for so long that's the reason why we didn't progress that religion that's is what's not true <laughs> i mean this is why it held us back but um, um that's the reason why we went into the dark ages and all that kind of stuff is because the church took over um what do you which is what's our response to that religion's the reason we came out of the dark ages but it yeah, is a, and it's also not the reason we went into the dark ages because no. even though christianity yes Fall of they, Rome was kind of there's like 10 other reasons before Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> Although it, it kind of kept us in the dark. This very specific... And only only really later on. Or like, yes, the Dark Ages had a lot of things like Christian hegemony over ideas and stuff like that. But even still, like... You know, you know what kept us in the Dark Ages mostly? Poverty. Because once we hit... Yep. Darkness. Because <laughs> once we hit that level of poverty... Like, you look at other yeah. places like Venice and yeah. Genoa, and even, yeah. like, you look at Eastern Europe uh, as well. Those places that actually had a little bit of, uh, at least some income flowing, yeah. Dark Ages didn't hit as bad. No. Neither yeah. did neither did that extremist ideological religion hit as bad. Yeah. Is it seemed as though, with poverty, with the destitution, with yeah. everything that went wrong, yeah. people turned into a very ideological, yeah. super fundamentalist, super very specific um, organized religion. Um, that right. that seems to be more of a reactionary effort to mm-hmm. the Dark Ages than a cause of the Dark Ages. Yeah. Also, if you're if if you're going to do that, how do you explain things like Islam being one of the leaders of scientific thought tr- through the Dark Ages and stuff like we that? We use their numbers. We do. Yeah. Uh, the English alphabet uses the Arabic numbers rather than Latin numbers. Yeah. Um, because it's easier and better, but. Latin numbers I'll can agree. be painful I just, to, to I write. agree. But you don't I, want to. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, it, saying religion is bad and then pointing to all the bad things isn't really fair. Because, yeah, it, was, it were Christians that brought us out of it with the scientific re- revolution, with, uh, with the Enlightenment. During the Dark like Ages, where was the actual intellectual thought held? It was in the churches. It was in the monasteries. monasteries. Yeah, yeah, it was in the monasteries. The only reason why we have documents from that far back. Well, Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's it's so sad because like there's so many things we forgot how to do. That we like we went back to making buildings out of stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not a good time. Like we forgot how to make huts. water move uphill. Yep. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I only know how to do that with a water pump. <laughs> What's an aqueduct? They that forgot how to make aqueducts. Yep. And yeah. they had them just lying around. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine living in a time when, like, a hundred years ago, people were smarter than you are now? Yeah, that's super weird. Well, no, no. Just, I know it's like chronological snobbery. That's well, fine. No, no, no. Fact, the, this, you know. like, the Dark Ages was it? You know, like video games or movies where people go into like a post Golden Era where they're like that. You see like the old like astronomical building with like the spaceships sticking out of it, but it's got like the vines and stuff growing yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, and, yeah. But people are like living with like sackcloths and stuff like yeah. that, right? It's just if like, you're starving, how is it rocket ship going to help you? Yeah, right? But it's just like, that's what the Dark Ages was like. Where yeah. All the tech was just lying around. 
just they didn't have any use for it. They had no idea they didn't what know it was. What, <laughs> they didn't have any time to worry about it. Yeah. Well, one of the things too is they were so destabilized and fighting More amongst that. themselves. Yeah. That they couldn't. Yep. Organize. Yeah. Mm. Not only that, no one could afford to actually yep. explore and investigate these things. Yeah. Because again. They were poor. But not just that, like, they forgot that chariots were, like, the biggest advantage in warfare. How do you forget that when all you're doing is fighting? Yes. This is Every fair. sword. <laughs> no, no, no. Here we go. Knights. That's how. Because yeah. knights are so cool. Knights are awesome. Yeah. Okay. Late Dark Ages. But I'll still fight this. No, dude. Knights were incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but they still... Also, spring steel. They... I don't know what that they is. They forgot how to make Damascus steel. Yeah. Every sword was a legendary sword. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, we don't know how to make this. <laughs> yeah. We're not, anyways. We're not anywhere well, near we, our topic. Not, not okay, so close. actually, well, we are doing a good job of sh- just listing off things that like, hey, it got bad, but where was the areas that it stayed strong? Mm-hmm. Religious areas. When there was poverty. For some kind cases. Of, yeah. Again, I'm, at least my argument is wherever the money was, that's where you're going to find yeah. people not and the suffering. Church had all the money. Well, that's that's one of the other problems is because because <laughs> yeah. with the economic downturn, they turned to very extremist religious organization yeah. within the Catholic Church, um, and the Catholic Church went to a money sucking policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and removed the money from the or- from the places. Yeah, um, that it, indulgences. Yeah. Uh, less, less so than later medieval. And that's just no for air. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very funny. 99% of the population that didn't understand that joke. <laughs> um, no, but it's like, yeah, my, my initial reaction when listening to that question is, um, whether this is correct or not, is always what religion. Yeah. yeah. What aspects of religion. Yeah, because yeah. like... Because saying religion isn't... All religions are equal. very different from yeah, each other. Yeah, they're not even, equal. Even Protestant to Catholicism or different types of Buddhism yeah. or even yeah, different types of Islam. Catholicism all the way, guys, right? Yeah, of no. course. Oh, Says on. the Reformed. I love Catholics, but <laughs> Catholicism is... I see, I see. God's thing. Fine. Would you settle for Orthodoxy? No. <laughs> so, there's Settling no... for Orthodoxy would have been a great name for the podcast. <laughs> Do you know what that sounded a lot like? One of my friends once said... We should go to Denny's. And then the other friend got mad at him and he says, you don't go to Denny's. You end up at Denny's. That sounded a lot like, you're should talking we to go the- to the Orthodox Church? No, you don't go to the Orthodox Church. You end up at the Orthodox Church. You're talking to the guy who chooses to go to Denny's. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying this with no offense in mind, but I think that a lot of people who ask this question haven't really thought about it too much. I find they don't know history. It, well, yeah, I yeah. didn't want to say that, but... Because some of them do. They just focus on different parts than others. Like like the Crusades. Even the Crusades weren't as bad as some people no, make them also, out to be. Also the First Crusade? Hot take. I wrote, I wrote a paper on this. Hot take. Here we go. Defensive mission. It was a just, a just war. war. Yeah. The religious reasons? Shouldn't, eh. Can't be. It's, yeah. But the yeah. Uh, but political and specifically like just war theory? Justified. All the ones after that? No. Especially the Northern Wars? Northern Crusades? Well, especially when one of the Crusades just attacked their own Yeah, the Fourth Crusade. Yeah. yeah. Also, who Constantinople else... Constantinople forever in my heart. My last okay. bit about wow. this is... Who else are you going to point to during these, this time that was better? Like, you can uh, say... The Muslims. Yeah, but not really, though. That's the, the problem. At this time? During the Dark Ages? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they were yeah. better in some no, ways, but... Uh, in most ways. Sure. Um, here's the thing. But that was... Uh, that argument doesn't work now. 
Well, no, yeah. yeah. No, no, because there's a, there's a graph you can see where when Christianity's on the rise, Islam decreases. And then when Islam it rises, Christianity decreases in, like, how well their populations are doing. Um, and there's also an interesting follow where the Islamic population follows um, the, the Christian movement. So when Christianity goes into, like, like moves across the globe like north africa and then six yeah. in 600 then it takes over north africa then it takes after north africa but first first of all the visigoths yeah. come down and sack everything yeah yeah cool. um anyways but like when you see christianity move from one place to another like centered like christianity started in the middle east then it moved to like europe islam mm -hmm. then took over the middle east and it also went into africa and then islam took over africa anyways um and there's a progression where you can see it follow and then they also have an opposite Right, like hmm. wobble back and forth. But, so, but to answer the the first question, that like, would we be better off without religion? Uh, no, it'd be chaos. Uh, also, there's, also, there's many different ways, and we can get into specifics, but we'd take forever. It would take also, forever. This, this is a, that that question assumes that Christianity is just any religion in particular is wrong. Because yeah. if yeah. if any one religion is right, well then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well then, if it's true, then you're better off with it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, that person shouldn't be saying we, because who's we? Probably not a lot of people are better off with their religion. Maybe you individually, you could you could maybe make a case. No. But that might be because <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're assuming yeah. that it's false. If I it's haven't true, made that case. But you're also even, benefiting even from everybody else that's religious in the community and the religion mm -hmm. that cultivated the community around you. Mm -hmm. Ignoring if it's true. Yeah. yeah. But the third question, how can you say there's only one true faith? So, specifically with us within Christianity, Christianity is extremely exclusive. Yeah. Um, how do we deal with when people walk up and go, hey, you know what? Um, why do you think that you have, like, total, total, you know, yeah. exclusivism to a enjoyful, enjoying the afterlife or a peaceful afterlife or any sort of, you know, religious um, authority in your in your biblical text. Is this argument presenting the fact that all roads lead to the top of the mountain? It would be it would be in that vein, yeah. Okay, because if that's true, then they're presenting the exact same argument. How? Uh, that everyone else is wrong and that ev that their idea that everybody goes to the top of the mountain is the correct one. To be fair, there are several religions that think that no i know and sex within christianity yeah. oh fair but what i'm saying is is that the argument presented that all religions all mm -hmm. religions lead to the top of the mountain yeah. is the same argument as like what you're saying is, is that this is the proper way and that if you don't agree with this right. you're wrong yeah it, it's also yeah the question depends on how you ask it. If you just say there's so many different religions, uh, how can just one of them be right? It's, which is the postmodernist? Yeah, which it's, is the postmodernist? Yeah, you can't you can't say look look how many there are. They, mm -hmm. How can you say your specific ones right? There's an it's infinite fallacious. amount of a answers to a math problem, but that doesn't mean that there's yeah. that one is just not. Look at right. the amount of numbers. How do you know that two plus two is four? There's so many numbers. I wrote down five. How could you say yeah. your, your, the answer's four? Yeah. Well, but I don't think that's most people. No. I think no. the majority of people are like, okay, well, how is your specific... Well, well, they do the Oprah Winfrey thing, which is the idea of like, oh, you have your road to God. Yeah. I have my road to God. There's and a, a later spiritual on, reality. Yeah. But, well, and, and God have, says there's one road to God. Well, that's that's the Christian yeah. thing. Is <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, you could be right. Yeah. I could be crazy. No. You could be right. 
But here's the problem. Jesus, if he is the son of God, was like, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, period. End of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, as someone who thinks that he is the embodiment of mm-hmm. the Israelite God and the second person in the, in the Godhead, I have to go, oh, okay. I, I guess that's the way it is. <laughs> you, you can't treat things like a claim like that just flippantly and say, oh, it's the same as all these other things. Cause, mm-hmm. Or, or even, even if like Islam, who says there is only one God, stuff like that, take it seriously. You look into it. You go, is that true? And mm-hmm. study into Christianity, at least for me, goes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think if, if someone approaches you like at work or whatever with that question, the answer, to me at least, and this is the answer that I've given mm-hmm. because I've been asked this at work, is the... That's what I'm sorry. That's what Jesus said. Yeah, and so they have to come to terms. Oh, I just disagree with Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but nobody yeah. cool. nobody wants to say they disagree with Jesus. No, because Jesus well, is is still common. Like yeah. Jesus yeah. is still a well regarded figure in Western culture. Yeah, which is nice for yeah for the most part. Yeah. Um, well, I think for the vast majority, yeah. people don't want to have. Don't Jesus wants against to, them. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to be they'll, on the they'll try to, They'll do inter, inter uh, they'll do intellectual gymnastics. So yeah. that he isn't. Yeah. But they don't they don't want to out there and go, yeah. No, I disagree with yeah. Jesus. He's how many, a bad man. Yeah, yeah, how many people say Jesus is a bad person? No. Zero. No. Christopher Hitchens. Oh uh, yeah, but that's <laughs> you'll say yeah. that about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um uh Yeah, I think it's also like you can also ask yourself the question of like what kind of if there is a God that does allow people that have all these different beliefs to come to him, uh, that means he doesn't really care about how people worship him or how oh, people look at him or how people deistic. see him but yeah. not just but not just that it means he doesn't care he doesn't care that some people are sacrificing actual humans to him and he doesn't care that other people are against sacrificing humans to him and he doesn't care that these people are uh, you Exclusive. know gathering, the sword. gathering people from one race and eliminating them for him and this other religion is saying hey we shouldn't be doing that we should be treating everybody fair in, like if that is true then you have to, if you're saying that all gods are the same God mm-hmm. and that the way you worship him is the way you worship him, then you're saying that this God is amoral. Yeah. And you're then at that sure. point, why would they care yeah. about the world? It would just yeah. be deism at that point. Yeah. And what, like, but, and if all religions are leading to that same place, yeah. what about the ones that disagree and say there is no afterlife? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What, what about, the ones, disagreeing what with about the, the ones that say there's only hell and that it's at maximum torture all the time? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is weird because the whole... Ar- I've heard the argument of, like, you know, religion exists so you ex- so you escape hell. It's all, it's only about creating a good idea yeah. in the afterlife. But there's examples of religions that are like, once you die, it's only pain and suffering. This is the best it yep. gets. Yep. What? Greek. Even Greek. early on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a big one. <laughs> yeah, what are, can... the, what are the big ancient religions? Greek. You go Hellenism. to the underworld. That's Egypt- assumed. Egyptian the- uh, theology it, was the same. Yeah. Well, no, they did have a good afterlife if you made it. And the average yeah. person could make it. Right. Greeks, however, is it was either like, it's like, you know, having a bad nightmare for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> or it's being tortured yeah. for eternity. And those are your options. Yeah. It's you're either in uh, Tartarus... Right, yeah. or yeah. you're able to cross the river Styx because you were buried properly with two coins in your eyes, and Sharon brings you to the underworld where it's less bad. Yeah, but still bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so at least like, at least the Hellenistic religion didn't 
wasn't birthed out of escapism. No, no, no. it was birthed out of stoicism and life uh, sucks. It seems well, like anger no. as well. It's like, what's going to happen? He goes, nothing. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> Only pain and suffering. Well, death, death is bad. So what comes after must also be the same kind of thing. Yeah. Which, yeah. well, not stoicism. You're right. Okay. But it's, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, life is suffering. They're kind of same. <laughs> That's very surprisingly realistic. <laughs> very realistic yeah. of them. Where do you, where, where do you yeah. think the Russians got it from? Well, hey, I mean, I mean it's because orthodoxy moved north when yeah, the Islam came true. in, yeah. and yeah. that's all. That's, also, uh, Cyrillic. That's why there's a lot of oh man, this Cyrillic is so has a lot of uh, Greek uh, origins. It does. That's yeah. why Russia Polis. has the best claim to the Roman Empire. Oh no, no, fight me on. Oh my no. goodness. We They're all know it's close. Turkey. Not even close. We all know it's Turkey, right? Okay, now we can all no, fight Colton. No, it's the city of Rome. Okay, you're right. <laughs> no. Okay. It's I'm, holy, I'm, holy Turkey Empire. <laughs> next question. <laughs> next question. <laughs> that, that didn't even answer anything. Check mark. We nailed that one on the head. <laughs> well, I feel like you got well, our point. Well, we answered it kind of within five minutes, at least a little yeah. bit, because Christianity claims to be an exclusive religion. And if yeah. you go the postmodern route, where it's like, ah, oh, there's so many answers, how could one be true? The, You're just. I wouldn't want to worship that god. If well, that's the case. It's, yeah, well, it's not yeah. even that. What, what's the point of even trying? Yeah, he obviously doesn't care that people yeah. are sacrificing people to him. Why not just be agnostic or atheistic for your life? Yeah. What do you lose? Also. Screw that god. Well, yeah. <laughs> if he's real. Why would they bring you into existence just to live in suffering f- f- for yeah. no reason? Unless, we sound like Hitchens right now. Unless suffering <laughs> well, is... It has can, a point. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's because I believe God actually has a reason. Doesn't yeah. religion cause violence? Question five. Oh, my gosh. Book. I think Doesn't humans cause violence. cause violence. No. You're absolutely right. I completely it's, agree. it's the guns. Do you guns shoot people? I was going to remember this. Nice I don't think it's that one. I was going to people shoot people. No, I think there's there's also cases where God does is, is, tell people to get violent. Yeah. Sure. Fair yeah. enough. Certain religions are built on violence. We won't built name on violence. any. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a big one. Yeah. And that there are times when the Christian religion, even if you tr- yeah. try, if you say that it's the natural um, outgrowing of Judaism. Yeah. Sure. Right? then we can inherit have that inheritance um then even the christian religion is built gymnastics around the new testament yeah is built on instances of god ordaining violence yep but for very specific reasons Mm -hmm. and it's usually always only one reason also it's kind of an yeah and it's it's an extension of what he was already doing yeah like no, he does it against his own people too. Yeah. Well, then, well, that's that's the point. Is like the, um, the the often brought up violence against the Canaanites that the Israelites do when they walk into mm. Canaan is they were given God told Abraham that you're going to have this land, but yeah. not yet because these people still have a chance to turn around. They're walking in the wrong direction. Right. Um, but be careful because if you continue to live as a as immorally as they do in your time your people will f- face the same judgment yeah. and the idea is that god is just and when a co- when that group specifically i nothing can be said about any other culture whatever not with the authority of the bible yeah although no, you it, can make a pattern yeah. claim <clears throat> yeah um but too many people have done that so poorly sure yeah yeah um, i agree yeah um and so god specifically said 
this culture does horrible things and they've been doing them for a long time and I'm just and I want to put an end to it. It's a Sodom and Gomorrah thing. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's interesting because you see you have people who are like, oh, the God in the Old Testament is absolutely atrocious. And I'll, uh, I'm going to say what I'm going to say and then I'm going to bring your mm-hmm. uh, Joel's information on Nahum. Um, but you have Ooh, the um, a fun paper. Yeah. <laughs> you have like the Sodom and Gomorrah thing, where it's like, hey, how many good people until the spare? Yeah. How many? How many? And how corrupt had been the cities mm. until then? Because because people cause things grow in corruption. But you also yeah. have with with uh, with Jonah, you have yeah. these people that are absolutely atrocious. Um, and Jonah had just saw what the Assyrians were the, doing. Were yep. doing in the northern communities, like the the. the the level of which God was already building to to decimate the Jews. Yeah, well, yeah. they had opportunity. It came yeah. into the Northern Kingdom, and at that point, it had not been a surety. Yeah. Well, well and actually, it I was, mean, should, but it was delayed. We should explain this whole scenario. Like, sure. Like the, yeah. Do you want to give the background? Yeah. Then I'll get yeah. into then so, I'll get into Jonah, and then Joel can get into Nahum, and yeah. we'll show how they're connected. So, coming off what I said about Abraham and God yeah. saying these people have a period of grace, the Israel. Abraham's family moves to Egypt because of the events in Genesis. 400-ish years later, they come back into the land and God says, hey, you're going to take this land that I've promised you to your ancestors, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and I promised these people grace. They And it's been 400 years and they've only gotten worse. Yeah, mm. They've only gotten worse. They sacrificed their children to death cult gods. Yep. Um, they have temple prostitution. They mutilate their bodies. They, yep. yeah, sacrificing children for food. That's an awful idea. Um, they do horrible, horrible things. And God says, hey, these people are doing horrible things. We like a better world. I like a better world. And I'm just. So I'm going to put an end to this. You're going to be my vehicle of judgment. Yep. Because I want you to remember that if you become like them, the same thing is going to happen to you. That's part of it for sure. And so they do it. They take the land. And then God says, hey, remember what just happened and remember what these people were like. Don't become like them. Lo and behold, 700 years later, they do become like them. Well, yeah. Kingdom splits. Kingdom splits. They both become that way. Northern Kingdom is further along. Yeah. The the Assyrians come in. Boom. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wipe out the Northern Northern Kingdom. Right? Yeah. As Um, God's telling his prophets... I told you not to. Yeah, they kind of. I told you it. not to sacrifice your children on idols. Yeah, yeah they kind of, they kind of deserve <laughs> yeah. it. To be fair, well, that's the whole point. That's the point. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And um, there was, yeah. Well, yeah. but you but you see, so Jonah sees all this, right? Yeah. Anyway, God sends him there. Boat, fish, land, travel. Boom, he's there. He's sharing the 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 yeah. his modified message yeah. of of God because he actually doesn't give them any choice. He says, hey, doom is coming. Um, God's going to level this place in uh, three mm-hmm. days? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the way it is. They repent. God doesn't. And Jonah's pissed. And yeah. God's whole thing is like, dude, yeah, there's these people are horrible. There's yeah. there's so many people in there. And what about the animals? Yeah. And Jonah's like, these people are the amount, the level of atrocities that they would yeah. do. These would, they would be a, equivalent to our culture as God sparing Berlin. Yeah, in World War Two. Yeah, and, and it's like, holy moly. Yeah, and yeah. but to God's point, this gets into when people say like, "Oh, God's horrible," but no, he was he gave the Canaanites hundreds of years, and he said, "Hey, 
I don't want to do this. You have time to get better. Hundreds of years, will, generations. Will you get into? And he does it to the Israelites as well. Yeah. He gives them almost a thousand years of warning, saying, "Don't become like these people, because when you cross that line, I have to step in, mm. because I'm moral and I don't want bad things to happen." And then with Jonah, he tells them, "Hey, you're the Israelites. You just saw them, your own people, get wiped out mm-hmm. because of the sins that they've committed for hundreds." the immoral activity for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, And I just gave grace to the people who did it. And what God's also saying to him is that if you had asked for forgiveness, Mm. if you had changed your ways, you could have received the same grace that these Ninevites just did. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. And to their point, they do, they do repent. Yeah. God spares for a generation or two, but they don't, Stay, stay that way. Well, that's the yep. that's and then the that's point. the whole point with Nam, which is what Joel did his whole big that's paper the point on. Of the yeah, book I did of a, judges. Yeah. Well, yeah, book of judges. But is we're like following a, with this theme, yeah, uh, an Israel yeah. thing. But we're talking about the kingdom of Assyria. And oh, if you okay. don't know about the Assyria, like the Assyrian Empire in the March of Empires or the Neo Assyrian Empire, as it's usually called by people who don't study uh, scripture, because it's there's more than one. It's a whole thing. Anyways, so in Nahum, um, he says basically the Lord will not have to strike twice, which is like one of my. I think it's Nahum seven. Yeah. yeah. Well, God's judgment is absolute. Yeah. yeah, it's talking about absolute judgment. Um, and then this is, I think, a generation and some later or something like that. I think it's a I'm, generation I'm or sure. two, if my memory <clears throat> on Jonah is correct. Yeah, the dating of Jonah is weird and the dating of Nahum is weird because we don't really know. But we do know that Assyria does fall. And that's... What happens to evil cultures? Is that is that where we're going with this? Well, we're talking with God's with God's judgment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When he his violence is not just flippant. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. after hundreds and hundreds of years of grace. Yeah. And even in those horrible times, he's still offering it to yeah. them days before they're about to get devastated mm-hmm. by coming empires. Yeah. Right. God saying, "Hey, I don't want this to happen to yeah. you." Re- why was Judah spared? Because Hezekiah did the right th- King Hezekiah yeah. at the time did the right thing. And yeah. they escaped by the skin of their teeth in yeah. Assyrian rage. And that's what's... We, we always look at the violence that God condones in the Bible. But every time there's violence, there's that's like maybe a decade of violence mm-hmm. for a sh- short period of time. Hundreds of years of God saying, hey, I'm going to continue blessing you. Mm-hmm. Don't... Well, don't go down the bad path. Paul Paul distills the whole thing in yeah. uh, in Romans two four and five, and it's the uh, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead to your repentance, but because your heart because your hard and impatient heart, you are you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Mm-hmm. Now he's talking the end of days judgment. Yeah. However. As as we've seen a pattern actually throughout the Old Testament, there's the there's the idea of the day of the Lord, the day of the yeah. Lord, yeah. which it can happen multiple times, but it's a typological thing that continues to get more and more and more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be days Reveals of the Lord. More details about the final that when the day yeah. of the Lord, we know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, generally. But Paul lays that that theme out, and so all, all of that to say, in the instances instances in the biblical text. When violence is directly condoned, there's a theological framework that gives reasons why it happens. It isn't innate oppression. And it's just. Yep. Yeah. And it's a Deserve. like a scalpel. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. specific. He's not just 
kill everything. Eliminating. Oh. And smack uh, the microphone. Hit my microphone. Oh, it's no. sound good in there. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> um, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie's me this week. <laughs> I am Jamie. I, I am the Jamie now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... And it's layered with grace. Like, yeah. like yes, the, the violence comes. Yes, the judgment comes. But it's hundreds of years of grace... Warning after warning after warning after warning, mm. uh, in call to repentance after call to repentance, um, crying out of the Lord from his heart to, to not want his people to face this, and even letting himself be killed to prevent yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the ultimate grace there. Yeah. It's just like, hey, this is judgment is coming. It's going to happen. But it, you don't have to go there. Yeah. You have a, you can change. Yeah. I'm allowing it. Yeah. And I, I'm seeking it. I'm actively hunting your heart out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I see with this thing, uh, the idea of like God condones violence. How oh, that's so horrible. Even though the people might have deserved it. Like, why would you want to kill people? That stuff mm. like that. But I, I've seen this point out in uh, apologetics books too, is that people will make the problem of pain argument, how, why would God create a world like this? And what, wouldn't he want to destroy mm-hmm. that, the evil kind of thing? Yeah. And then God destroys evil and they're like, how could he do this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, it, it, yeah. It's a bit of a double standard. Yeah. I, some people make one or the other. I think both arguments are a little weak, except for emotionally. Emotionally, they have a lot of weight. Well, yeah. That's and the there's, there's no christian command to be violent no in fact it's a bit of the opposite yeah yes there's no yeah as like a tenant of christianity yeah it's actively trying to avoid that at all costs yeah the closest you have is sell your cloak and buy a sword yeah yeah the closest and the other few others too the other one is always when god does it like when he strikes down ananias and sapphira yeah that's different. but that's no, not but that's different. people doing it yeah. on the behalf of god yeah that mm-hmm. as christianity develops the the grace aspect of judgment well, there's is, also the idea of in with christianity how and you see it again in yeah. specifically in revelation but you see it throughout all throughout the majority of the new testament how is evil conquered yeah by self-sacrifice self-sacrifice by love, prayer by yeah, through yeah. Jesus' example. Yeah, um, through turning the other cheek, and so yeah. that that's how evil is not defeated with a sword. Yeah. Defend um, your family when they're being, when your house is being attacked. Yeah. yeah, but but the idea of the principalities of the air, yeah. the, the the idea that is not yeah. when they come to oppress you. Yeah, answer with grace and love. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah let's hop into that one last seg- uh, segment. We're we're nearing the end. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of confronting Christianity. The segment, however, um, I was going to do where the lost get profound. Oh. Okay. You're not going to quote Marx again, are you? So I, can you briefly run over what that uh, segment is to those who aren't familiar? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Have, is this the first time we've done lost get profound? It might be, but I feel like for the first few times we should really probably yeah, gloss over it um, for those new people listening. Yeah. Because um, any listener's new listener when you're us. Because <laughs> you only listen to us once. <laughs> then you never come back. No, the, uh, the Lost Get Profound is where we pick someone who's not necessarily a Christian. Mm-hmm. It can be an atheist, agnostic, whatever. Mm-hmm. A different a different religion. Um, like communist. No, sorry. I like a communist. Um, <laughs> and they, they say something that is super insightful. Sure. That is like, oh my goodness, they're... That, 
not just it's, uh, something that resonates. Yeah, but it's specifically like, oh, that's super. Comp- that's a truth that's explicitly stated in the Christian religion. Not just something that some some you know someone who's not a Christian that says something that's just intelligent. That happens sure. all the time. But what's interesting with this with this one is they say something that's oh, that's that's super profound in the Christian world, mm-hmm. and so laws get profound, and then each one of the my three other co-hosts here yeah. get to make a guess okay okay Uh-oh. so here we go it's very short i guess it who said it yeah okay yeah um true st- true strength manifested itself not in the exercise of power but in the willingness to give it up oh, i know this quote yeah i know this quote abraham lincoln nope abraham lincoln uh newer <laughs> okay I know this. Yeah. This was like a huge thing when, when COVID first hit, and they were like, hey, governments uh, shouldn't be powerful or something. I don't know. I remember hearing this quote it's, in that is context. Is it C.S. Lewis? Nope. No. <laughs> Before again. he was a Christian. Oh, again. you yeah. got me. C.S. Lewis again. <laughs> I don't think it's the quote you guys are thinking of. Okay. Well, Could you read it once more? Thing. Yes. True you, strength David. manifested itself not in the exercise of power, but in the willingness to give it up. Manifested? This is talking about a specific instance. Isn't it? Oh my gosh. I, I, I... Newer than Abraham Lincoln. I know what this... I've heard this quote a few times before, and I can't place it. Ugh. JFK. No. Um... It's it's not Jordan Pearson, is it? No, it's not. I can give you a hint. It's a book I've read. Oh, well, that, that limits it down to a few thousand books. Yeah, I haven't oh, read that many books. And he right. That's a Christian. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you might uh, be Anglican. And he's right brother. I don't know. And <laughs> he wrong. <laughs> Almost. No. Ot um, wrong. It's. I'll give you one last hint. It's on your bookshelf. Oh, uh, Tom Holland's uh, The Dominion. You got it. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. it took us forever. What do you mean, really? I mean, I get it. It makes sense. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's talking about Jesus. He is talking about Jesus. Yeah. There I remember where I heard it before. Yeah. You read it to me. I read it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I probably even read it to you, Joel. You did. That's yeah. why we know feel like an idiot. You're probably. You're like, oh, I heard it during COVID. You'd be like, well, I read it during it COVID. <laughs> how beautiful that statement is. It's a great thing. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time because it's a good oh statement. Gosh. The one who gave it up was Jesus and I never got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You did because you're with us walking with him in faith. That's awesome. That's True good. strength manifested itself not in the exercise of power but in the willingness to give it up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like... Such a quote. That's a great line from um, Schindler's List where uh, Amon Goering, the guy who's the... Yep. Uh, Commandant of the place is talking yep. with Oscar Schindler. Is how much are they worth to you? No, oh, and he says, uh, he says, scene. do you know why they're scared of us? And he says, why? Because you've got a gun. And he says, no, because we we have power over them. Right, we can kill them whenever we want. We can tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. They can blah blah blah. And he's like, that's that's not power, right? Mm-hmm. Power is having the right to kill somebody and choosing not to. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same. Power is mm-hmm. mercy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that was. A, I really enjoyed that episode, guys. It was a fun podcast. Episode yeah. episode five. Uh, remember well, to remember to conquer with love and grace this week. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't disagree, but it's a little cheesy. We gotta have song, a... This is how I fight my battles. Uh, <laughs> we should start playing. We're not going to get into worship right now. Right? I know. Yeah. We should have a QWERTY moment at the end of every episode. Oh. Well, I'd like to thank all the listeners. Um, thank you for getting this far. And meet us next week for episode six. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, do we comment, find, subscribe. Do we finally talk about dinosaurs in that one? Um, we will be talking about dinosaurs next now. week. And no. Definitively. <laughs>